Let's turn our Bibles to Psalm 23 again. Psalm 23. Today, we'll finish the last two verses. The last two verses. Let us read verse 5 and 6 together of Psalm 23. Reading. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May God bless the public reading of His Word. Now, we come to this point. Yesterday we saw how David as a shepherd, he thinks about his sheep as they walk through areas that have dark shadows, that have beasts, wild beasts lurking around. And yet he says, my sheep do not need to worry because as a shepherd, he knows he will protect them. And therefore he writes as a sheep, I know when I was shepherding my sheep, I would always be protecting them. And now as a sheep, he thinks of his saviour. Then what more? My covenantal Lord, how much more, how much, how far better would he take care of me then I am able to take care of my sheep. Therefore, he says, as a sheep, as long as the Lord is his shepherd, he fear no evil. No evil. And I hope from now on, each time you face trials, difficulties, dangers, you would remember it's the, it's the Lord's rod that he's throwing at me in order to frighten me to move away from danger, constrain me to move away from danger. So my friends, whenever you're faced with trials, persecutions, difficulties, fearful events, the darkest time of your life, always remember the Lord is near. And sometimes these are His rod that He throws along your way just to make sure that you keep on the path of righteousness. And also know that each time you fall, His staff is there, wrapping around you, pulling you back. That is such comfort. But now he moves on to the next. He said, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. What is it about? What is it about? I, in the past, whenever I read this verse, I imagine, oh, it's like a table, a long table in the wilderness, and then all the sheep sitting around there with fork and spoon. <laughs> okay, you know, I always imagine that. Wow, it must be quite a cute scene. But then as I try to find out more about what the shepherd does, then I realize it's not what I imagine. <laughs> right? Well, certainly we're not going to imagine sheep doing that. There is a man, his name is Philip Keller. He's a Hebrew um, shepherd. All right? He's a Hebrew shepherd. He wrote um, uh, quite a classic book on this. And I managed to find some ex excerpts from what he wrote. Um, I do not know who he is. I, I do not condone if he wrote something else that I do not know about, but what he wrote as a shepherd is interesting. Um, he says this, when summer is coming, the shepherd needs to work very hard to prepare areas of feeding for the sheep. So what it does, it, because summer things will start, you know, um, start, some of them will start growing and then some, some of them will start dying after because of the heat. So the shepherd must do all he can to make sure during summer, the sheep gets to eat. So they will climb up plains, plains, tablelands, table, right? tablelands. 
they will climb up to areas and he described how his son and him will have to go around this land looking for areas which they will eventually bring their sheep there. And it's a back-breaking time because that is the time um, they will have to clear the rubbish, they will have to make sure they look for every single um, um, uh, weed and pluck it out. Especially those that will kill the sheep, dangerous to the sheep. So they will go through that tableland just preparing the place, watering it, putting salt, putting minerals, fertilizing. Before even summer comes, they are already going there to prepare the land ahead of time for their sheep, thinking of the sheep. The sheep won't even know. The sheep won't even know. So this shepherd, uh, the shepherd will always, every year he'll be thinking, all right, summer is coming. This is what I'll do. It's a routine, backbreaking routine. So when the sheep, by the time the sheep goes to that place, they lead the sheep, maybe through the valley of shadow of death, but they must go through these areas, these dark areas, to eventually lead, reach these tablelands, these wonderful tablelands. So by the time the sheep reach, reaches there, it just sees green grass, and it will just start eating happily, without even realizing that all this while, before they even reach there, the shepherd has already gone before the sheep. Thou has prepared a table before me. Going before the sheep and preparing it so that when they reach, it is just before them, ready to eat. Now that is how the shepherd takes care of the sheep. Without the sheep even realizing. Right children? You, you come to the table, then you sit down. Oh, food appears. They just appear. Fried chicken and everything. You don't... It, it doesn't occur to you that mom behind was all this while, wake up early, preparing it. You don't even think, don't even realize. Well, I'm not saying all of you. I'm sure all of you will wake up and help your mom too. But you see, that is what it is. Very often, we worry. We worry not only about the future, but we worry about what are we going to eat. Where are, we, where are we going to get our resources? Now, a sheep can keep worrying. But most sheep don't. But the reality is, this is how good the shepherd is. But not only that. You see, to the sheep, or rather to the shepherd, he is really providing a very controlled environment for the sheep to feed in. Because not only when they are at the table land, they will just do, before they even do anything, they will have to look for spots. Alright, this spot, no, too near the edge. Too near the edge. Too dangerous for the sheep. You know how sheep are. Then they go to another spot. Say, oh, the grass here looks good, but too near the bushes. The wild, wild beasts will be hiding behind. So the shepherd will keep looking till he finds the best spot. Then he prepares the area on the table land before he even leads the sheep there. It is controlled, totally controlled by him. God is a God that goes before us. And you know, in some situations that you and I find ourselves in, we think it's chaos, we think it's, why is it like that? But you don't realize that our providential and all-sovereign God is in full control. He controls everything for you, for your safety, for your good. For your feeding. He controls that. So although the sheep just turn up and thinks that, wow, grass, eat. 
They don't realize that there was a shepherd that provided this very controlled environment for them. So my friends, I hope that as we go through life, we must realize this is a sovereign God. He sees the future. Can the sheep control the weather? The reason why the shepherd have to do all this is because of the weather that is going to come. The weather changes. Can you and I control the weather? Can this little sheep just, oh, summer coming, control the weather? No, it cannot. You and I may see things that are so out of our control. But we must know that our good shepherd, he is fully able to control all things. To control all things. Now we look at the second part. Second part. It says, Thou anoint, verse 5, Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Now, not only the sheep, they turn up, they are going to eat, but the sheep will only feed and be very comfortable there and start eating if they are actually physically comfortable also. Now, this is summer coming. And by the time they reach there, it's summer. What happens in summer in Australia? <laughs> the one thing that we detest the most. Flies. Flies. Flies will be in abundance. Flies will be in, in abundance. You see, two great enemies of the sheep are these. You see, God says, I will prepare you a table in the presence of my enemies. There are two great enemies of the sheep. One is the weather. They can't control the weather. Now, if the weather is bad, if the land is not prepared, they are not going to get food and they will starve to death. One great enemy of the sheep is the weather. And we spoke about that. Whatever the weather is, the sheep has already thought beforehand. He has already gone beforehand. He has already prepared a place. So whatever weather comes, they will still have food. The weather is one. And because of the weather, the second greatest enemy of the sheep that can even cause it to die is this. The flies. The flies. The flies. I always wonder, I ask someone, why does the fly always, why don't it land my head, land on somewhere else? Why must it land on my lips? Try to get into my nose. Why those areas in between, between my eyes? Yeah, right? When you walk, those are the places they will zoom in at. Not accidentally, they go for it. Why? And I was told that it's because of the moisture there. The fluid. Alright? They go there. And you see the same, the flies will swarm towards the sheep. The sheep nose especially is wet. It's wet, right? Mucus and all that. The flies will go to the nose. Now, the sheep are not like us, you know, we can walk around with a twig. The sheep is big and the sheep legs are short. <laughs> right? It's not, even dogs, dogs can do this, right? You see the dogs doing this when they get irritated. The sheep cannot. It's, it can't reach, you know, it's too short. It can't reach. The sheep can't do anything. The flies will come. Why is it so deadly for the sheep? Because these flies, some of them are certain species, they are different species. But some species, they go there. The reason why they want the fluid is because they are going to lay their eggs in the fluid, in the nose. When they lay their eggs, if they manage to lay their eggs, what will happen in a few days? During that time, the eggs will hatch, the little worms will come out before they can become flies, right? The little worms will come out and the worms will start crawling into the sheep's nose. And when it crawls in, it will start, in there, it will start to find, it will burrow, it will find its own place to start growing. 
So the, the sheep knows or the eye cavity, that's what happens to the sheep. And very soon, if, the, if nothing is done, in fact, during this, this period when the, when, the, when, the, um, when the little worms start crawling, the sheep will be very uncomfortable. The sheep will actually run around. So sometimes you see, in summer, if you see a sheep running around like silly, chasing its own tail literally. Why? It's because they, they have this worm that's crawling in their nose. They get very irritated and they just try to get rid of it, but legs too short, can't do anything. So they just run and run in circles hoping that they can bang into something and they will start banging their head against trees, against rocks and all that to try and scratch themselves. Now, have you had something crawl up your nose before? It's really irritating, right? It itches, you sneeze. For us, we just use one of our digits. The sheep cannot. So all it can do is try and just knock its head, run around and do all it can to try and get rid of the irritation. But it can't. And it will just run and run and run and according to the shepherd, it will become exhausted. You can have the green pasture there, the shepherd can go there, prepare everything, the, green, the animal go there. But because of this irritation, the animal won't even eat. It's not comfortable. And not only will it eventually be so exhausted, it will collapse, it will not eat. But even if you don't die of exhaustion, these, these things that crawl in very soon will actually cripple the animal and, and it will start going into the brain. And within a few days, the sheep will, glow, grow, will, will go blind and eventually die. Get sick, very sick. Now why do I tell you this? That, that is where the oil comes in. Thou anointest my head with oil. Now, the shepherd can bring the sheep to this wonderful table land that he prepared. <clears throat> but the thing is this, if the sheep don't eat, no use. <clears throat> now, the shepherd thinks of everything for the sheep. Even before that happens, he will prepare <clears throat> a concoction of oil. Try to find out what this oil are. Some say it's like um, lanolin oil. Uh, no, no, no ooh, lanolin oil. That's a bad thing. It's like asking... Yeah, it's like asking, having a pet chicken and feed your pet chicken, chicken. <laughs> no, not lanolin. Um, it's uh, linseed oil, I think. Linseed oil. That's why I got it mixed up with L. Linseed oil or, or olive oil. But they will mix like sulfur and different um, herbs inside. They know what to mix. They know exactly what to mix, exactly what concoction to put together. The thing that then they will still, they will rub it on the head of the animal. Rub it on the head of the animal, rub it around the nose, the eyes, the ears. That smell and that oil will, st will repel the insects. So when, that, when, when they have that oil on the head, poured down, flowing down, then the animal will comfortably eat because it's comfortable, free from this irritation. What is David painting here? Now, these are the things that David do as a shepherd. He will plan ahead. He will go ahead. He will provide a controlled environment. It's fully within his power to do that. And he will think in detail for the animal and he will do everything to make the animal, to protect the animal. And say, if I do that, how much more, my covenantal Lord? Now, what is David here trying to um, assure us? What is God trying to assure us? God is saying that even he is so in control that even a slightest bug it's under his control. He, he, he would prepare everything. He thinks of everything. He goes ahead of you. No sickness that you and I have 
is outside the knowledge of God. Even the smallest buck, the flu buck, the cancer buck, whatever buck, God can prevent it if He wants to. So nothing happens to you and I by chance. This part, you see, valley of shadow of death are things lurking. He said, I will protect you. Now this part is God assuring us He is in total control. He's the God of providence. He's a sovereign God that anything that you come, any situation that you come to, He has been there already before you. He's prepared it already. And if it's something that is, it is um, difficult, it is not by chance. In other words, because of the thoughtfulness of the shepherd, the carefulness of the shepherd, the detailed way the shepherd works, he is assured that whatever happens to him, it is not by chance. Not by chance. So my friends, you and I, if you are facing difficulties, troubles, and so on, we can, that's why we can say, all things work together for good to them that love God. God is your shepherd. All things, everything works together for good. Even the things that seem to irritate you, God is in full control. God can prevent it. If God has allowed it, then God, it is not, oh, ah, God forgot. You see, why he described all this oil and all, he's thinking of himself, before summer comes at night, he'll be sitting there pounding the herbs, measuring the oil, mixing the oil, testing the oil. He thinks this is how I plan for my sheep. I won't let anything harm it. I won't let anything happen to it that I have not thought of that I would not control. So my friends, whatever happens to you and I, who is your boss at work? What kind of boss you have? How difficult life is? In school, what kind of friends um, are giving you a hard time? Or what kind of friends you have? What kind of teachers are giving you a hard time? Because you are a Christian. Whatever you go through, your health, whatever sickness you have, it is not by chance. God is in full control. He can control it. Some of us, maybe we go to work and say, Oh, I got to see my boss again. You know, it's so difficult. But no, God goes before you. God has already planned. Whatever happens that day, the Lord is in control of his or her heart as well. Always know that your shepherd is in control. Your shepherd will not let nothing, anything happen to you that is outside his control. That is random. That is chance. When, once you realize that, you will look at your boss, you will look at your health, you look at everything and say, my Lord prepares a table for me. I don't have to worry. Who are my enemies? Who are my enemies? What are my enemies? Some of us, like we say, health. Some could be finance. All these things so threatening to me. Health problems. But here David says, even though, he says, I will prepare a table before, well, God will prepare a table before him in the presence of his enemies. Means, even with your major health sickness present with you, even with your major financial problem present with you, even with your major difficulty that no one understands in your family, in your personal life, present with you. All those things present with you. Yet God says, I prepare a table and I will take care of things. You just eat. Right? You just eat. Just eat. 
David would just sit there and eat, even though he knows his enemies were plotting to kill him, to abduct his throne. Everything that's happening, says, David, don't lose your appetite. This did not happen by chance, and I am in control of everything. Verse 4, value of shadow of death, we lose sleep. The darkest hours, we can't sleep, we worry. Presence of enemies, we can't eat. In other words, life seems to be awful. Life seems to be miserable. No, see, it should not be. The Lord, when the Lord is your shepherd and my shepherd, you do not need to lose your appetite. You do not need to lose sleep. You just go about your daily life, even though you every day see enemy there again, enemy there again, enemies everywhere, people plotting against you, difficulties in life, my, all my health problems, all that present with me. So remember this psalm, when we say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Always remember that this want means lack. I shall not lack. This whole psalm is about, I shall not lack. It is not the absence of enemies. It is not the absence of evil. But it is the presence of the Lord. It's your shepherd that matters. That is what it is. So when you read this psalm, don't think that, Oh, from now on, my life is going to be wonderful. That's what I said, reminded you yesterday. That's why we sing, right? Verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Until we read this psalm, then we begin to realize. My friends, even if there are evil around you, present with you, enemies present with you, difficulties present with you, that is a fact. The shepherd knows. There are, there are still bears and lions. There are still the flies. There's still the summer weather. But even with all this, you can sing, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all my life, like a sheep prancing around happy, even though all these are still around you. That is what it is. Can you still prance and sing with joy when you're having a major problem happening in your life? You cannot unless you understand this psalm, that your shepherd has already gone before you. He is there. He's in control. You just worship him with joy. You just go through your life with joy. Leave the rest to Him. Can you? You cannot if the Lord is not your shepherd. You cannot. You still worry about everything. This is what the comfort is to us. Presence of all this. Okay, it's alright. Because my Lord is taking care of things. I remember, perhaps I've shared this with you before. A young boy. Um, sorry. An elderly lady. A Christian lady. <laughs> was hospitalized. It seems to be a true story. I read it once before. She was hospitalized and she actually wrote this. Uh, she had all sorts of sickness. She had cancer and then because of cancer, she had all sorts of tubes in her, all sorts of treatment that destroyed other parts of her body and, and, and because of that, other complications set in that were not even related to the cancer. She was in pain and misery every day. Elderly lady in the hospital. She was a Christian and she kept saying, Oh Lord, why do you let this happen to me? She couldn't eat. She couldn't smile. Visitors come and encourage her. There's no joy at all in her. She was miserable. Enemies present. All the things that she don't want. They're all there. All the evil. But then after a, a few days, she in the morning, in the evening, she will keep hearing an angelic voice in another room. Singing. Singing hymns to the Lord. With so much joy, you just hear the voice, you can immediately tell the person is smiling. You can tell, right? When the person sings, you just close your eyes. When the, if the person sings, you know he's smiling because it's different. You can tell. 
And she could tell that the that this little angelic voice was smiling as it's as she was singing. And said, Who sings like that in a hospital? It was those wards where it's like high intensive care, it's like the worst kind of situation, then you'll be there. So one day she asked the nurse, Can you bring me to see who is this who this voice belongs to? And then the nurses, because the nurses all knew. So the nurses, yeah, sure, we will you there. And she was wheeled to a room. And to her surprise, when the door opened, it was a little boy. A little boy that was bald, um, pubes hanging all over him, skinny. It was a little boy. And she was so shocked. He looks worse than her. And she's like old already, but this was a little boy. And then she, she said, let me have some time with this boy. And then she asked the boy, every day I hear you sing. Maybe he was singing, singing uh, surely goodness and mercy. With so much joy. But I look at you, you are so sad. You are so young, but you are in this state. You have such a long life before you. And you are, you are probably going to be permanently like that. How come you are so joyful? And the little boy say, I just came to know my Savior. I just came to know Jesus Christ, my shepherd. And nothing, and he realized that from what he is saved out of, from hell, hell fire forever. And he says that I've been rescued from that and nothing else now matters to me. And he says, every day when I think of my Savior, I cannot but break out with joy and sing with tears that this Savior saved me out of hell. That's why here the psalmist says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now, all the days of my life means this. Means every phase of your life. Teenager life. Working life. Family life. Elderly age life. Retirement life. David says, Surely, without a doubt, guaranteed, goodness and mercy now, this will follow is pursue. Pursues after you. We always imagine our enemies are pursuing after us. We are always imagining things are pursuing after us, going to overtake us. Financial crisis, whatever, going to overtake us. But God says, my goodness and my mercy will run faster than your enemy. And it will not just, your enemies are pursuing you, the bears and the, the lions are pursuing you, watching you. But, but God says, my goodness and my mercy pursues you. Chase after you even faster, even more intensively than whatever fear you have. That is what it means. And he says every phase of your life, every phase, every day of your life. How much of it? How much of it? You look at verse 5. God says, my cup runneth over. How much? Now the goodness, the mercy, the oil that God uses is not just used enough. Right, use enough. Ah, that's enough. Very stingy. No. It's overflowing. It's in abundance. It's all over the floor. It just drips down. Huge amounts. Now that is this shepherd that he's thinking about. You see, this David will probably be thinking, oh, all night I make all this oil. I better use it carefully. Don't lose. But this, our Lord has abundance. He pours it out on us. So my friends, when you sing, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, don't think of my life is wonderful and no problems. Think of this. Even though the enemies, even though the evils that I fear, even the darkest, darkest fears of my life and hours of my life, 
surely goodness and mercy is still there with me. Alright, so I hope we understand when we read this psalm, we do not just think, the moment I become a Christian, absence of all this. No. Instead, it is the presence of the Lord that gives you all this assurance. Now finally, what is important that we note is this. First of all, we must know that God is fully in control, and therefore don't worry, God will take care of the very small details to prevent things happening in your life. And if He allows it, it is not by chance. That is your shepherd. Now finally he says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now this is the key. Remember I said, one of the key things to understanding Psalm is the first verse and the last verse, right? That is how. The in-between is how the psalmist will then describe what he wants to say. So when the psalmist begins with, The Lord is my shepherd. Because of that, I shall have no, nothing lacking. And then he describes, Nothing lacking? Yes, true. Green pastures. Safe waters. But he says also, but enemies and dark fears can be around. But don't worry. Don't worry. And he finally closes with this. He said, don't worry about your provisions. Don't worry. The provisions is the green pastures, the still waters. Don't worry about provisions in your life. But not only that, don't worry about protection. The, the bears, the, the evil, the, the darkness. He said, don't worry about protection. I will be there to protect you in detail. Then finally he says, I will dwell in the house of my Lord forever. The closing. First he said, no lack. Even if you are in difficulty, remember this. Even if you are in difficulty, you have no lack. You will have just what you need. And then he closes with, I will know where I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's talking about his eternity now. Just like that little boy. The little boy, the moment he knew that my soul is safe. Nothing else matters. He looked at his own sickness with different eyes. The lady, when she left her room, left his room, went back to her room in tears. And then she said, I've learned so much about my Savior from a little boy. Little boy. That's why I love to hear young believers sing. We older believers, we often sing, our minds drift, there's no joy in our heart. We're not thinking of the Savior. The words mean little to us. But the young believer, every word is precious. Everything is fresh. Surely goodness and mercy, you will see them smile. Yes, so true. He restoreth my soul when I'm weary. Yes, so true. My Savior will walk with me there. So true. Everything is so true. So wonderful in, this, in the young person's heart. The young believer's heart. That's why you see the young believers, they love to congregate and sing. The old believers hardly sing anymore. Do you sing? Or do you only sing on Sundays? That's about it. If you come for fellowship, end fellowship. Or it's something that you love to pick up the hymn book at home. Play, if you can play the play, piano, play the piano. Sing. Sing. This is how it is. In goodness, in, in evil times, in difficult times, still singing. Still singing. So precious. Now, because David says, I know I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When we understand this, we, are, we know exactly where we are going. Do you? I hope you do. I hope anyone here who has not the Lord and Jesus Christ as his or her personal saviour, you resolve it in this camp. And he will be your saviour. He will be your shepherd. And then you know, therefore, for a surety, you know where you are heading. Once you know where you are heading and you are totally 
ultimately absolutely safe. Whatever befall you in your life does not matter. Do you understand that? How sad it is when a Christian do not experience and know this. When you continue in your worries, why? It's because you do not know your Lord. You do not know your Saviour. Here, the shepherd, the shepherd now writes as a sheep. The shepherd writes as that because he knows his heart as a shepherd. He knows. And he says, sheep, this is what I am to you. Don't worry. Because you and I do not know our Saviour. It comes back to the bottom line point. We do not study the Word of God. We do not study the Word of God. We do not know Him. God chose to reveal Himself, His character, who He is, what He is to you. Not through dreams and vision. Not through someone else's experience. And that is the saddest thing. When Christians, we sit there, we only hear testimonies. We are moved by testimonies. But we do not have such experiences of the Lord's working in our own life. Not because the Lord is not going to work, but because you and I run away from it. Each time the Lord wants to work, we, we get ourselves from under His staff, under His rod. We get ourselves away from it. The Lord wants to rub oil on us, we, we shake our heads. We don't want. It's not because the Lord is short in doing that. It's because we do not. And because of that, you would not know this. You only hear and see. I want to say this again. We have heard many challenging messages. How are you going to order your life, my life, when we go back? If you know this is how I need to change. And if this change is potentially going to bring <clears throat> um, less sleep, more tiredness, less money, whatever it is, more risk in your mind, are you going to say, Lord, this is your rod, this is your staff? I want that experience. I want to know you walking close to me in valley of darkness. When enemies around, all the fears that I have, all the difficulties, that, all the evil I imagine, all that around me, yet I will eat in peace, not worry. Now the shepherd wants to do that. Will you let him be your shepherd? Will you let him do that? Or you go back and say, I heard all that. Yes, it's great, it's good. But that one step away from letting the Lord truly shepherd you, truly guide you, you won't take. If I do this, my family will change. My family life will change. Yes, it will change. Fathers, would you say, means less sleep. I have to prepare family, family worship now. I want to lead my family. I want to teach them God's word. I want my family to pray together. It will be more difficult. I know a brother... Um, change. They, they were sharing after the last previous few camps. They tried. But it's tough. He said it's really tough. But it's so wonderful to hear this. When the parents visit them, when they do family worship together, the parents say, it's so wonderful. So wonderful. I see my son leading family worship. And then when I sit, I learn so much also. It's so wonderful an experience. But you think it just happened overnight? The person has to put in effort. Let's sleep. Less pain, more pain. You have to gather the family. The children don't want to or want to whatever or manage all those things. Life is more difficult now. More difficult. So are you willing to let the shepherd lead you through those difficulties and then you experience all this? But you, you, once you think, I am going to heaven and therefore all these things are worthy. I'll go through it because heaven is my home. That is what I want to do. The greatest assurance, I shall not like. You won't like anything. You're only willing to go through that 
because you know where you are heading. Where are you heading? We grow our roots on this earth. We think that we are here to stay. That is why we forget where we are heading. We forget that we are sojourners as we've been learning. Because of that, we just keep going on in our old ways. The shepherd wants to shepherd us. There is a table land. There is a higher plane. We sing, right? Higher ground. There is a higher ground for you and I. Question is, will you let the Lord lead you there? So I hope we have a slightly better understanding of this psalm. When you sing this, sing like a prancing sheep in the midst of all the enemies, all the fears in life. But you, nothing affects your heart. That is what it means. The Lord is my shepherd. Let us pray.